0: All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm John Ryan, and this is Pod Roast. This week, a trip to Canada works hard to disprove the adage that the pictures always are better on the radio and the bbc's my special place is finally out is it worth the wait have a guess a haunting theme strikes up and we're welcomed to wild sounds of canada with Sarika khalis suzuki this is the yukon she says with a pause that heightens expectation we hear a few seconds of ambient recordings in what sounds like a forest there's the rumble of a distant storm running water somewhere, some truculent songbirds, but frankly nothing that sounds more exotic than the blue tits on the nuts in my garden, and something that sounds like a cartoon frog riveting its way into shot. Here's the North Klondike River rushing by, helps sirika It's early June, and the spring meltwater is gushing downstream, which is why the river sounds so noisy. We're in Tombstone Territorial Park, a sub-Arctic wilderness just south of the Arctic, Arctic Circle. I wish I'd brought a big coat. Uh, The style is one of my first issues with the wild sounds of Canada. So far, my brain has settled on a forest with the audio effects, but as the narration continues, you need to course correct a bit. Oh? Arctic Circle? Is it snowy then? Are we in some kind of tundra instead? I listen on. Welcome to Canada's far northwest corner, a land of grunting caribou, curious squeaky pikas, and crashing chunks of ice. If you're not a natural naturalist, keep Google at close hand when you're listening to this one. A caribou is the North American name for an undomesticated reindeer. A pika is a kind of small-eared, tailless rabbit. It's also a psychological disorder, but I'm not sure that's where we're going in this context. Sarika's now promising us an explosion of activity, brought on by the sun and water. Okay, now we're talking, so far I've been in busier picnic spots in Ludlow. This is part of the traditional territory of the Hun people, and their descendants like the Chundik Witchin First Nation. Yep, just like Ludlow another natural feature described forces you to change the picture in your head tombstone is named after an eponymous mountain jutting into the landscape and finally we get a little more description good too the last tendrils of boreal forest stretch north like dark green fingers poking into the wide open tundra ah was right about the trees and the snow then Spring in the subarctic means sudden shifts, frenzied activity of flowering plants, breeding birds and feeding mammals. Blink and you'll miss something, we're told, but it's a bit hard to believe. The delivery is so measured, the soundscape so dull, so far at least, that it sounds to me like one of those sleep aid podcasts. But for you, I'll persevere. I double drop some Pro Plus and hit play again. Some ice has dropped off a glacier. A chunky fox sparrow is singing its heart out, we're told, while a bird in the track dutifully trills a little message. It could just as easily be saying, who are you calling chunky? With the melt comes life, but three months ago this whole scene was frozen, and hard to believe there was even less going on. Oh, hang on, something's happening. Some random snorts and clomping. It's a caribou, apparently, making its way out of the forest onto an ice patch to sniff the air. Here's one of the only uh, moments in listening to this. It's so well recorded, you can hear what must be the flies buzzing on and around the caribou. The annoying buzz of them is unmistakable. We're told it's scraping the ice for food with its hollow hoof. Maybe that's a metaphorical analysis of the whole podcast, as Sarika fills us in on the porcupine caribou herd of 170,000 of the things that were there a short time ago. Now that might have been worth sticking a mic in front of. Any interjection comes after a few seconds of the ambient sound. Not quite enough to completely lose yourself in, and too much to provide any kind of flow or movement or excitement or interest. Sarika's part of the problem here as well. It's fine calling yourself an activist for intergenerational justice, language and ecological diversity on your Instagram, as she does, But clearly here, she's in a studio. Some other poor schmuck has been out there chasing the caribou's with a stick mic. And whilst Sarika's got a nice voice, there's a disconnect between her and the stuff. You get away with it on a nature television documentary, as you can see the amazing pictures and go... Wow. TV kind of needs less of the presenter, but here in the audio world we need better description, more engagement, and actually a less scripted delivery, maybe even two voices batting ideas between them. Sometimes little events come on out of nowhere and are wildly over-egged. The arrival of a hairy bumblebee in the forest elicits the same kind of reaction as maybe finding a pterodactyl in your airing cupboard. It buzzes around for a bit, collecting nectar apparently, just like the bees do anywhere else. Later we're told a red-throated loon has thrown in. I thought maybe Nigel Farage had finally emigrated before the quacking reveals it's just a duck-like bird. And on it goes... Seemingly forever There's a rain shower It passes Birds like Swainson's thrush are mentioned I'll let you do your own gags We hear a few squeaks from the peakers Some moaning beavers Even geese making a ruckus Says Sarika, Gamely trying to inject some drama Do geese ever actually do anything else? There are also squirrels in this part of the world That bury themselves so deep in the ground to hibernate That their body temperature drops below freezing They freeze up and their heartbeat slows to the bare minimum to keep them alive. For the same effect, download an episode of this and give it a listen. Oh, Archwell Watch, by the way. Still nothing, 115 days, and no content from Bodger or Badger. If there's a theme this week, it's the idolisation of ambient sound. Sometimes this does absolutely add to a story, but it's never enough on its own in my view Last week we reviewed the teaser trailer for My Special Place from the BBC Now the Duke of Edinburgh is respectfully entombed, they've released the whole series You'll remember this is about various personalities remembering the sounds, sensations and feelings of their special place As usual the BBC is at pains to make it clear this was recorded under lockdown conditions There's a whole heap of bizarre going on here. Each episode, there are 11 plus the promo, is only five minutes long. I'm not sure in the first place that the superstardom of the personalities is enough to snare a casual visitor. Chris Watson, Owen Wynn-Davis, Kate Fox or that the concept is enough to keep them there. I jumped in to hear probably the best-known presenter, Julie Hedgemantholsch, in a place I've been to literally hundreds of times, Manchester's amazing and quite brilliant Royal Exchange Theatre. This should be a slam dunk. Anorak alert warning, this podcaster, i.e. me, is in another life, a Green Badge accredited Manchester tourist guide. It's a place that's pretty special to me too, Julie. The generic acoustic guitar theme begins, and a voiceover. My special place. All about those places and the things we find there that fill us with joy, says narrator Charlotte Andrew. Then Julie's unmistakable Lancashire drawl. It's Saturday lunchtime and the city is bustling, she starts, against a slightly anonymous-sounding street background. She tells me it's Market Street and she's on her way to the theatre. There are no tram hooters, though, in the background, or beatboxers, or brimstone-throthing preachers or any of the sounds that would really sum up Market Street. I wonder about the veracity of the sounds recorded, when they clearly say it was recorded under lockdown and yet Julie is describing pre-lockdown Manchester. Also, the exchange, like all theatres, has been sad and shuttered the whole time. Did they get access to go in? If so, that's great, and they should have shouted about it a bit more. Or did they stunt the stuff when we get inside? In which case, the whole race and of the series evaporates a bit for me. Julie describes the theatre but ignores its pre-theatre history as the centre of the cotton trading world Instead she talks about the stage door for a minute of the five minute run time She talks about it being her favourite part of the theatre and catching a tea bag from Tommy the security guy As she makes the brew, yep, we hear Archer's quality effects mixed in Next, we're in her dressing room. After more generic-sounding footsteps effects, she talks about the Rollerblind, signed by actors who have been there before her. Maxine Peake, Derek Griffiths, Roger Lloyd-Pack. All theatres have to have at least one ego-driven signature tradition, right? Right. She opens her dressing room window a crack, and despite the cold, the noise of St Anne's Square drifts up, including an operatic busker. Now that seems pretty true to life, as well as the Factory Records songbook being reliably and routinely destroyed by buskers, all the way from Ramsbottom to Reddish. We also have amazing street music talent here, as home of Cheetham's and the Royal National College of Music. I'm assuming that due to Covid, these sounds have all been recreated, though, and that makes them feel a little flatter. Some, like Julie's footsteps as she leads us around, sound flatter than others. She describes going into the pod. This is the 1974 addition to this 1920s building that still looks futuristic today, like the Apollo lander drifted down That's my description, not Julie's, which I'm not sure does the job of painting a picture of this remarkable place. If you've never been, Google it, like I did of Canada's Yukon earlier. Julie's nice enough, but actor loves theatre even a theatre as remarkable as this one isn't the biggest surprise and with a five minute runtime and with no other contributors feels a bit what next i'm john ryan weary are eared and disappointed for pod roast. this week with the wild sounds of canada an audible original and my special place from bbc local radio i listen to these so you don't have to